This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, your host for The Voice of Leadership and Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. If you happen to be watching the show today on YouTube or Raven International Television, then you will notice that I'm dressed a little bit differently today, a bit more festive. And that's because I've just come back from the second annual fundraising gala of the Solid Rock Community Development Corporation here in Colorado Springs. And that development corporation exists to benefit Southeast Colorado Springs, which is an area that has many, many challenges. And I'm really happy to report today that they are making tremendous progress. And this is the work of Pastor Ben and Pastor Wanda Anderson, very good friends of mine from Solid Rock Christian Center Church and wonderful residents of Colorado Springs. You may recall, if you're a regular listener to the show, that we did a couple of shows with them about a year ago. And so that is episode 328, when they were with me to talk about the history of the Black church and also episode 331, when we talked about innovations in church and community leadership. And it was at that time that they shared what great work they are doing in Southeast Colorado Springs. If you'd like to go back and listen to those episodes, go back to February the 8th and February the 22nd of 2022, and you'll get to hear a preview of everything that's coming to fruition and coming to light now. Also in attendance at this gala event was Mayor Yemi Mobalade, And he is the first black mayor that we've had here in Colorado Springs. He's the 42nd mayor. He's a Nigerian American and has a wonderful vision for unity in our city that includes all of the people and that really helps us to get prosperous in our future together. I love that vision. I'm glad to have him as our mayor here in Colorado Springs. What I didn't know is that Mayor Yemi and also the Andersons have known each other for many, many years as they have been in the trenches together building Colorado Springs before either of them were in any position of recognized leadership. They were already leading on the front lines and providing what was necessary to the Colorado Springs community. So I'm happy to report that one of the visions that the Solid Rock Development Corporation had was to create affordable housing. So the very first unit, this is 77 units in a building, is about to open up in December of this year. And in February of 2024, the first residents will be moving into these units, which will be one to three bedroom units that are affordable for people in the community. What an accomplishment that they have actually 
finally gotten to the point where they're about to celebrate the opening of the village at Solid Rock. And Pastor Anderson would say that it is called the village because it has taken a village to make this vision come to fruition. In addition to affordable housing, we know that Solid Rock is also very active in feeding millions every week through their food pantry and food efforts. They also are teaching business education, wealth creation, and providing opportunities for entrepreneurs to start businesses in the community. And many are very excited about the businesses that they're starting and they're getting the tools that they need in order to start the business correctly and effectively so that it's prosperous, successful, lasts for the long term and adds value to the residents of the community. One of the things that I see in all that they're doing is that when you invest in a community, you bring out the gifts and talents that members of that community have from God. They become self-sufficient in their abilities. They have pride in their community. They can stand tall and make a contribution. We're all familiar with STEM and the importance of STEM education. And Solid Rock Development Corporation has an acronym called STEAM. And this stands for science, technology, engineering, the arts, and also math. And we all know that all of these are important to developing the critical thinking of young people. And so it's great to have the arts added into the traditional STEM to really create the acronym of STEAM. When we think about STEAM as getting full STEAM ahead and behind these students to propel them on to success and also the community residents who are adults and who are the parents as well. Having job opportunity, having food security, and also having wonderful places to stay that they can call their own. So it's really building wealth for the community. Also, Tonight, there was a celebration of Dr. Wendy Berhansel, who is Superintendent of the Year for the State of Colorado, and she hails from District 2, the Harrison School District, which is also in the Southeast Colorado Springs area. They are a minority-majority school district, and they have the first all-minority school board in the state as well. And Dr. Berhanzo refers to them as diverse, driven, and different. And at a time when many in Colorado Springs are suppressing the true history of our nation, the true history of the diverse people in the nation, Dr. Berhanzo and District 2 are unafraid to focus on equity and results really do speak. So some of their results is they're known as the best K through 12 workplace. They also have two blue ribbon schools and their most recent high school graduates received more than $7 million in scholarship funds for college education. In addition, a large number of their high school graduates also finish and complete their associate's degree even before 
they graduate from high school. How amazing is that? So we have this visionary superintendent of the Harrison School District, who's been honored now by the state as superintendent of the year. We have the Solid Rock Community Development Corporation making all kinds of investments and making a difference in the lives of the residents in the community. So if you would like to donate to the Solid Rock Community Development Corporation, you may send checks to 2520 Arlington Drive, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80910. That's Solid Rock Community Development Corporation, 2520 Arlington Drive, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80910. And if you like to donate to causes that are really making a difference, I can highly recommend this one as one where your money is going to good use and is elevating people in their communities. And for those of you who get the show notes, there will be that same address in the show notes. You can also look up Solid Rock Development Corporation online and get the additional information and other ways to give besides sending a check. One of the highlights of the evening was also the keynote speaker, who was Khadijah Catherine Haynes from Denver, Colorado. She's the president and CEO of Solutions LLC. She refers to herself as an opportunity weaver, and she weaves those opportunities by first listening and hearing what people in communities want and what they need. And she's made a huge difference in the Denver community of Montebello. And Montebello had lots of significant challenges. And on all four sides, they were hemmed in by highways, industrial complexes, and arsenals and everything else. And they faced so many challenges where transportation was being removed in the form of the bus system, supermarkets moved out of the area. And because of the work that she and others did, they managed to get bus service. They managed to get supermarkets in the area, pop-up supermarkets. And now a big real supermarket is getting ready to come back into the neighborhood. And they also changed the news narrative in the Montbello community so that it was not always just negative news that people were hearing because a lot of good things were also going on simultaneously. One of the most significant things she shared, and I'm just going to cover a brief, brief highlight of it. She told a true story about what it's like to learn to see and perceive opportunity. And she talked about the fact that when people are under stress, it affects their abilities to see the opportunities all around them. The opportunities may be there, but they may not have the eyes to see them. And in her case, she had the opportunity to see some bald eagles However, she was under so much stress because the bald eagles were really the consolation prize to what she really wanted to see, which was whales jumping up and down in the ocean and in the water. And for various reasons, they weren't able to see whales that day. However, they could see the bald eagles. And as much as she was looking in the direction where they were, she couldn't see them until a man came up to her, helped her to calm down, 
and showed her how to look on the branches to the bump on the log. And that bump on the log was an eagle. And there were many such eagles out there on the tree limbs and on branches that were above and also down below. She didn't see them, hadn't seen them until this man came along, helped her calm down and helped her to see them. And I think this is really important because one of the things she shared, Khadija Catherine Haynes shared that we have to help people in communities to deal with the stresses that they have every day, not just one time, but on an ongoing basis so that they will have the ability to not only see, also to take advantage of the opportunities all around them. And here's what I would say is that in today's world, we have so many stresses and stressors around us that are preventing us from seeing one another across the many differences. When we think about the war right now in the Middle East between Israel and the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip area, we think about the war in Ukraine with Russia. These are significant stressors, very difficult and traumatic circumstances that make it hard to see what are the real opportunities. So today I want to share something about what it means to listen, to understand, and to appreciate. Some of you know that I do a weekly social media video post. It's very short, maybe about two minutes long, give or take. And typically in the past, that video post has been on Wednesdays and it's moved to Friday. So if you've been wondering about it, where is it? It's still coming out, but it comes out on Fridays now. And it's on all of our social media channels, whether that be Facebook, personal, Facebook, business, LinkedIn, Alignable, goes to Twitter, Instagram, and we also post those episodes on our YouTube channel as well. So if you've missed any of them, you can always go to the YouTube channel. Just look me up, Dr. Karen Y. Wilson Starks. You will find uh, all of these ways to listen to it. So listen to it in the future. The very most recent one I did on this past Friday was about finding common ground in the workplace. With so much that's going on, we see all that divides us And yet we can find common ground around the mission of our work, what we do in the workplace to add value. And we can also find common ground around the norms that we have, our norms of engagement, how we want to operate and treat each other at work. So I want to share a story about listening to understand and how that affected and impacted me recently. Recently, I was out of town on a business trip, and I needed to take a car service from the airport to the small town that I was traveling to. This was an hour and a half long drive. It just so happened that the driver I got with the car service was from Jordan. He was a very devout Muslim man, and it was real late at night. It was after midnight when we were taking this trip and we were driving through dark back roads all into the small town areas in the state where I was working at the time. And as we were traveling, 
I came to understand that he had been in the United States for probably almost 10 years at that point. And that we talked about many things. I asked him what it was like in Jordan. I asked him how he felt about being in the United States. And we just talked about uh, many aspects. And he was very, very clear in sharing what a difference his faith made to him as a devout Muslim man and understanding that God was watching all of his actions and that every day he had to wake up and answer to God for everything that he did. And so as we were carrying on the conversation on many diverse topics, I decided to ask him a little bit about the war in Israel and what was happening there, because I couldn't understand the narrative that's been in the news media so heavily with a lot of empathy for Palestinian people and their losses and what seems to be less empathy for what was going on with the Jews in Israel. And so he shared his perspective and he talked about the Quran and what was in the Quran about Jesus and various historical figures. And one of the things he said is that from a Palestinian perspective, the way that they look at it, they would see Israel as the perpetrator because they go back to the time that the nation state of Israel was created in 1947-48. And in their minds, Israel came in and took over their land. And that's how they see it. So they always see themselves as fighting to get their land back. And I shared with him a biblical perspective and my perspective about things and why, for me, I support Israel's effort in all of this. And I explained that from a biblical perspective, God is the one who gave this land to Israel. It was a promise to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants. And of course, we know that Canaan and the Canaanites lived there before Abraham lived there. And God really proclaimed that Canaan would be kicked out because they had become so evil and so godless, and he had given them time after time, chance after chance, and they had not amended their ways. So the end was in sight for them at this point. And so Abraham, the children of Israel, were to take over this land. And this promise has not been rescinded. Many times over the years, God actually had their enemies to come in and to kick them out or to have great suffering because they weren't following God and they were worshiping idols and doing all kinds of things. And it was never, though, to destroy Israel. It was always a form of discipline so that Israel would come back to God. And I would say this, even though right now Israel still does not acknowledge her Messiah that God has sent through Jesus Christ, God still loves Israel and is still interceding and speaking to Israel. And he knows that at some point in time, they will begin to recognize who the Messiah is. Back in the Old Testament time, we know that that was the time of the Jews. And if you follow the law of God, if you became Jewish yourself and converted to that religion, you were on the right path for God at that time. We're now in the church age and God has set it up that the Messiah is the one way 
for all of us, Jew and Gentile, Muslim, or whoever it may be. We just have to recognize it. And of course, many of us are not recognizing it at this time. So when we had this conversation, and we both shared from our religious perspectives, we also shared from other perspectives and directions. And what I walked away with was an understanding of how someone could have the point of view that he had. Now, did I change my mind and agree with that point of view? No, in my case, I did not. Did he walk away agreeing with my point of view? Probably not. However, we had a civil conversation. We came to an understanding of how the other one saw things the way we saw it. We both had respect for each other. We both acknowledged the seriousness of our own walk and commitment from a spiritual direction as well. And I walked away with the notion that, okay, even if I don't agree with the reason, even if I have a different reason, now at least I understand his reason and also the reason of many other people who might think in a similar vein. And it's my belief that as we begin to have more conversations with people who are different and have them in a way that is civil and a way that really does want to understand, we can more deeply appreciate one another and care for one another. So although we disagree on many things, there were two things we did agree on. We both agreed that the lives of the everyday people in both Palestine and also in Israel, that these lives were important. We both understood that sometimes in countries, government leaders, or in this case, also some terrorist leaders, might take actions that the average person on the street probably wouldn't necessarily agree with. And we know that in Israel, the Palestinians and the Israelis had been getting along for many, many years and at some degree of peace for quite some time. And many of the Palestinians have been coming over to Israel, working there, making a living. And there had been investments of Israel into the area of Palestine as well. And so for this to suddenly be disrupted and all of this death and destruction, there is a sense of sadness about the loss of life on both sides, because we as people, all of us, are made in the image of God. He cares about all of us, and we therefore should care about all of us as well. So we both agreed that the loss of life on both sides was a tragic outcome in all of this. We also both agreed that terrorism was not the way. We both saw the actions of Hamas and Hezbollah as inappropriate actions. We both agreed on that. So when you are seeking understanding with people who may have a very different history and a different belief system, you get that understanding through a cultural lens, a language lens, and also a belief lens, which relates to whether you're talking about the Bible or the Quran or whatever other religious book someone is paying attention to. And I highlight again that just because you now understand more 
doesn't mean that you agree or have to agree. However, understanding is still important to acknowledge someone else's perspectives. So what I see right now is the opportunities that we have in the United States, which is a diverse country, and this is both in communities and also in workplaces, we have the opportunity to demonstrate the ability to live together in peace, even with these differences. There are communities in the U.S. and particularly in the Northeast, in New York and in New Jersey and places like that, where people in the Arab community, Palestinian in particular, and where very devout Jewish people live in close proximity to one another. They walk down the same streets, they shop in each other's stores, and they have been neighbors. And because of the outbreak of this war, there have been some anti-Semitic scenarios that have popped up and also some anti-Palestinian moves as well. And I would say we can choose to resist the temptation to now destroy one another when in fact these people have been living peacefully for many years and many generations. They still can choose to do that and be a demonstration to the world of what is actually possible. That same ability is true in the workplace. In some workplaces, you have large groups of Arab people or Muslim religious people. You also have Jewish people, you have Christians and many others. And we can choose to listen, to understand each other. We can choose to remember that we are still God's divine people here. We're in his image and we can ask ourselves, how can I be an instrument of peace today? How can I hold out the olive branch to my neighbor? And even as I'm saying this, I'm not saying that we should make peace with what I'll call the devil, the one who chooses to kill, steal, and destroy those who are on the fringe and the more radical elements of, let's say, Islam in particular, whether it be Hamas, Hezbollah, or any other terrorist organizations. There's no peace that can be had with those who do not wish to have peace and those whose intent is to kill and destroy no matter what. They don't see the divine in the other person. So I'm not saying that we make peace in that case with what I would say is the devil, because the devil's mission is to kill, steal, and destroy. So as you think about your workplace and you think about the diverse people there, think about how you could increase understanding, increase respect for one another, increase love for one another. This is not just tolerance. This is a call to actually love one another. And I'll say after the hour and a half trip with my driver, driving through the dark roads, and I made a choice and a decision. Could I really safely talk to him about this subject? And because of how he had been talking about many other subjects, I felt that it was safe to have the conversation. Otherwise, I might not be here today because there were many dark places where I could have disappeared and never been heard of again. 
And I'm glad that we took the time to engage one another and to share. And more of that can happen every day. So there's a set of verses that I want to read, which I've read frequently in recent times. And I still think that these verses are really important. I'm going to read from Galatians, the third chapter, starting with verse 26. And it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So there is a spiritual heritage, a spiritual heritage where all those who have faith in God, the true God, are faithful like Abraham was faithful to God. And we are considered also in that sense, a spiritual sense, the children of Abraham. And God now has one plan for all people on the earth, whether we're Jew, Gentile, Greek, Roman, slave, free, male, or female. Our distinctions in terms of our cultural heritage are not destroyed. We're just talking about the spiritual heritage. There's not multiple ways. God has always had, at any given time, his prescribed way to reach out to him. And it behooves us now to know what that is and to follow it. And sometimes he allows challenges and difficulties in our lives to get our attention so that we're focused again on him. And so in this season of Thanksgiving, let's be thankful for what remains. Let's be thankful for what we have. And if you're listening to me today, you're still here. Be thankful for your life. Ask God how he wants you to use your life for the greater good and benefit. And I pray blessings of shalom on you and on Israel at this very challenging and difficult time. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.